0: Uh, Acts chapter 4, page 760 on the the Bibles, on the chairs. Have you ever heard something like this? It's arrogant to say that your religion is superior and try to convert everyone else to it. Or all religions are equally good and valid for meeting the needs of their particular followers. How could there be just one true faith? I mean, religious exclusivity is not just narrow, it's downright dangerous. Uh, Religion has led to untold strife, division, conflict. If Christians continue to insist that they have the truth, and if other religions do this as well, the world will never know peace. So those are uh, common ideas. You might hear them frequently. Um, And we're going to talk about, we're going to unpack some of those ideas and what that means for us as believers Uh, this morning. Um, So in in the book of Acts, in chapter three, there's a couple of ordinary guys, Jesus followers, walking along. They're going to pray, and uh, they see a man who is sick, a man who is lame. He can't walk, and um, they end up healing him in the name of Jesus. A crowd gathers around, a crowd of at least a thousand, maybe a couple thousand, and Peter never misses an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And so he's like, hey, a crowd, there's a miracle. Let me tell you, about Jesus. And um, so he's, he's preaching and then the religious leaders come up and they hear him preaching about Jesus and they don't like it. And so they get thrown in prison. And last week uh, we, we looked at how the early church was both uh, attractive and growing but it was also hated and attacked at the same time. It was, uh, and we said that insensitive, harsh Christians will have persecution but not praise and cowardly Christians will have praise but not persecution. And weak Christians don't have either. And so we looked at that and we unpacked that. And so the uh, the guys, have, and we're revisiting it a little bit and coming at it from a different angle today, um, addressing the questions that I asked earlier. So Acts chapter 4, verse 8 is where we'll begin this morning. So they were arrested, they, they brought them out, and now they're giving an account for, like, what have you guys been up to? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people... For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And uh, Today, I'm going to focus on that last verse. And uh, as I, I speak today, I speak with much uh, fear and, and trepidation because this is uh, a very um, sensitive subject. Like This is not something we just want to casually gloss over. Uh, I speak with fear and trembling because I could lay out the best possible defense for the, the claim of Jesus being the one way to God, but if, if I do it just to win the argument, or if I do it without love, uh, Paul said um, when he was, he was talking about our gifts of the, of the Spirit in, in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am Nothing. I, I speak with a little bit of fear and trembling this morning because I know I'm not going to give the best argument possible because I've read my notes, and it's like, it's okay. Uh, and, and there are, there are guys and, and ladies who are much wiser than I, much more eloquent when it comes to these things. And, and so it, as I'm speaking today, you're like, I would like a little bit more on that. I would, you can Google a guy. His name is uh, Rabbi, or Ravi Zacharias. And he goes into colleges, college campuses, and and people who are not believers, skeptics is where he likes to to go. And he asks, and they have these back and forth and these questions. So his name is Rabbi R-A-V-I, Zacharias. Uh, He's from India. He's brilliant. So you can check him out. He wasn't available this morning. (laughs) So it's just just me. Uh, And I I speak with fear and trembling this morning because um, this isn't like an inspirational type message. Like it's a bit heady. It's a little technical. And so you gotta stay, you gotta stay with me, okay? Um, so this is not, um, this is not a, an easy conversation uh, to have. Um, Salvation is found in no one else. That is not popular. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And, and this is one of those, those difficult verses in scripture. And it's not difficult because we don't understand it. It's difficult because it's very clear what it says. And the, the exclusive nature of the Christ, Christian message is a very real hang-up for many people in our culture, in our city, and on your block. And, and maybe for you, and, and I don't want to belittle anyone as I speak today who struggles with the question of how can Christianity claim there's only one way to God? Like, how can Christians claim that? Like that is We'll unpack that. Um, and, if, and if you're here today and you're like, Matthew, that's where I stand. Like, How can Christianity claim that? And if, at the end, when I'm finished, you don't agree with me, that's all right. We, we think that family and, and friendship is based on more than just believing likewise. And I hope as a church that we have people all uh, along their faith journey. Like we have the skeptics who are asking questions that they feel comfortable here. And we've got on this end, we've got the Holy Rollers that uh, love Jesus and aren't afraid to say it. Now, if you are the, on this end, the Holy Rollers, uh, you have to, to give some grace for the people along the line back this way, okay? Um, salvation is found in, in no one else. And this isn't just an abstract concern. A couple years ago, I accidentally got into... Huh, uh, I don't say an argument, a debate on, on Facebook with somebody on a neighborhood page. And I have a, a conviction that I don't have arguments or disagreements with people, whether strangers or friends, via social media. You should have this conviction too, okay? Uh, social media, text, email, like any type of written communication, we're just not very good at it these days. And so while I'm smiling while I'm writing it, someone reading it is thinking I'm yelling, right? And so... I don't wanna have those conversations. And it, she had on the, I don't know if you're on the Park Hill Facebook page, people post all kinds of stuff like there was a skunk or what, <laughs> what, what Japanese beetle is, is killing my plants this week. Um, and so all kinds of things. And on this one post, she mentioned something about the Urban Islands Project. You I'm like, well, what is the Urban Islands Project? Exactly. Like, how would she know the Urban Islands Project is a, a church planting movement, like committed to starting churches in our uh, urban areas, and we are part of the Urban Islands Project as a church. And, uh, but I was like, I was curious, like, how would she know? Like, you wouldn't know unless you were connected to a church somehow. So I reached out to her, like, hey, we're part of the Urban Islands Project. Uh, but we, and it was all downhill from there. Like, <laughs> it didn't get better. And and I did not say anything about what we believe, about like, I hadn't, she hadn't met me? Um, and here's, but the, the bottom line was that she was not happy that we were starting a church in the neighborhood, like, right off the bat. And this is what she said, and, and maybe, and it was several pages, but I'm just gonna read one paragraph. Um, she said, you come to my community and want to convert us godless liberals. So I think you owe me heartfelt answers to this. I am 38 years old, and I have never once seen Christian conservatives devote a single effort to love, charity, kindness. I haven't talked politics. I haven't talked so the labels. Anyway, Uh, what I see is a devotion to forcing people who don't believe what you believe uh, to follow your legalistic rules by force of American law. I see you discredit people like mainstream Protestants who, by and large, are interested in caring and social justice, and Catholics who have their issues but at least support the poor. Hold yourselves above the 3,000 world religions. Because why? How can you know what you believe is the one truth? Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness all believe the same. Which ones of you are right? Uh, In other words, how can you claim there is one way to God? And in my conversation with her, my response was like, hey, can we grab coffee? Like, you've got kids, I've got kids, let's meet at the park. Uh, and we haven't met yet. Um, but there's one day she's going to come and, and she's going to be baptized and she's going to say, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had our, our sports camp. And um, before the sports camp, I had parents who would email me. I had one uh, family email me like, hey, you guys going to be talking about Jesus? I'm like, yes, we're going to be talking about Jesus. Okay, we're not coming to the camp. And then I had uh, another father who emailed me, and, um, and this, is what, this is what he said. He said, my wife and I are excited about the themes your camp will address. It was, Teamwork was our theme. But I wanted to ask your posture, uh, about the posture your church will take around the biblical teachings. My daughter is being raised in an interfaith home, uh, and we loved uh, your commitment to not sell Jesus on your website. However, the main website for Mega Sports Camp seems to be much more selling Jesus-focused. The stories of Jesus, age appropriate of course, are not concerning to us, but we are concerned if that shifts towards my daughter feeling pressured to accept a specific belief system, possibly making her uncomfortable. Again, your church website doesn't convey that concerning posture, but I figured uh, that asking for assurance wouldn't hurt. So do you want to know how I responded to him? That's too bad, too bad. No, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Uh, And I said, thanks for your question. Regarding our theological views, I think your question is directed more toward attitude than doctrine. Our doctrine is that Jesus is the hope of the world, and we believe in his death and resurrection. However, our attitude is not one of trying to win arguments or belittling belittling other faiths in the process of following Jesus. One of our core values is humility, which unfortunately is often missing from Christians these days, at least the ones we see on TV and in politics. Uh, Each day the kids will learn a sports story Related to teamwork There will also be a story about Jesus each day On the final day the kids will be told That Jesus died and rose again And that he wants to have a relationship with them I wasn't trying to like uh, switch and bait him Like I want you to know This is what we're saying Uh, Jordan Norwood, former Denver Bronco And our guest speaker Will also be sharing his story Which includes Jesus So lots of Jesus Hopefully not much judgment I might be a little biased But our camp is pretty awesome (laughs) I don't know if that last part came through on text. Uh, and then I put in in uh, parentheses. Maybe I'm not as humble as I think. Ha ha, LOL, I'm funny. Um, <laughs> they came, their daughter came to the camp, and she loved it. And I chatted with him a, a little bit each day, and um, you know, I commend the dad for allowing his daughter to come, even though he was a little bit, but because we weren't like, trying to smash him over the head. Like you, um, I think he was open, open to it. And, um, and I share these stories just to demonstrate that this question of there being one truth, one way to God, it's on people's minds. It's on, and it's on your, your neighbor's minds. And um, So where do we start? How do we address salvation is found in no one else? Well, let's start in the book of Acts, shall we? Um, so from, from the beginning, my first claim, my first truth that I'm throwing out there is that Christianity has made universal claims. Christianity has made universal claims and, and it got Jesus' followers thrown in jail. And there was real opposition um, to them and, uh, and the society in which the disciples in which the, the new church flourished was a pluralistic society, which I means there was many re- people of different religions, different faiths, different gods, just like... Our society today is a pluralistic society. Um, and in our remaining time together, what I want to do is look at the problem with truth claims. What, what causes the problem? The angst. The problem with the problem of truth claims and the solution to the problem. So that's where we're going to go for our remaining time together. What's the problem with truth claims? The problem with the problem of truth claims and solution to the problem. So first, the problem with truth claims and um, the religious leaders, they're responding to, to Peter's sermon. And you can go back and read it in chapter three, but one of the things that Peter says is that Jesus was crucified, he's risen, uh, he's coming again, and uh, he, is, he is gonna restore all things. Like there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more suffering, no death, no injustice. And in, in chapter three, verse 25, Peter says the whole world will be blessed through him. And now when he gets to chapter, chapter four, when we read in chapter four, Uh, when he makes the claim that salvation is found in in no one else i mentioned this last week but this is just a summary of what he's already been saying about jesus it's a conclusion based on the uniqueness of jesus and 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 peter believed i mean he saw with his eyes jesus death his resurrection and now he had been filled with the holy spirit and has this authority and for peter it was like he was like who else could be the savior like, who else would I put my trust in to be my savior? If, if not Jesus, then, then who? And, um, and one of the reasons this disturbed the religious leaders so much is because the Jews were looking for a Messiah, but a Messiah who was coming to, to save them, a, a Messiah who was coming to the Jewish people, throw off the oppression of the Romans, and, and usher in the golden age of, of the Jewish people. And, and if, if Peter was right that this salvation was for, for the whole world, well, then, he's telling them they're wrong about how they view the coming Messiah. Like, he is making a truth claim that offends them, so they get thrown in, in jail. Um, and, and it wasn't just the, the Jewish leaders who took exception to the early believers. In a couple chapters later on in, in the book of Acts, we're going to come to uh, the Romans also got upset about the universal claims of the Christians. Um, but the Roman Empire was a, a, a pluralistic society. I mean, they said, you can, you can worship your God. Everyone has one. Uh, in fact, each town kind of had their own local God. Each clan had their God that they worshiped. And, and you weren't really expected to stick to just one uh, because you might upset another God and you might have to do something to, to appease that God as well. So it was a pluralistic society. And the Romans said, yeah, go ahead. Worship your God. But then you also have to say, Caesar is Lord. And that's where the Christians were like, no, thank you. And that's where they got, that's where they got in trouble. And, um, and, and basically, Rome said, the one thing you can't do is say your God or your truth is the only truth. So, if, when people today say, you know, you, you got to kind of step up with the times here. We're living in, in different times. It's a pluralistic society. We can point back and say, well, Christianity was born in a pluralistic society. Many people accepted the faith, but also many people rejected the faith. And so this, this is nothing, nothing new. Um, and, and you can get in trouble today, just like Peter and John, for making exclusive claims when it comes to Jesus Christ. Because we live in a pluralistic world. Your neighbors, they're Hindus, they're Muslims, they're atheists, people of faith, people not of faith. Uh, so you have to get with the times. You can't make these universal claims. You've got to adapt. You've got to say all religions are equally valid then, we can live in peace. And they'll say, like, the, the problem with your truth claim is that they're arrogant. Like, how can you, if you say that, that makes you better than other people. Are you with me? Like, that's the, the claim, the, the idea. And, uh, you, like, you can't say that anymore. You can believe in Jesus. That's great. Just don't say he is the only way or the best way. But here's the problem that saying you can believe in, in, in Jesus, but not as a superior way. Um, Which Jesus? Which, the Jesus who said before Abraham was born, I am? The Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Like That is the only Jesus that we have in history. as a Jesus who made exclusive claims that founders of other religions, they, they didn't uh, make. They haven't made those, those same claims. Uh, I have an example of this. There was a, a Japanese Christian leader from several generations ago. His name was uh, Toyohiko Kagawa. And uh, he had looked at some other religions, but this was what he said uh, about Christianity. And this was in Japan. It's so not like Americanized Christianity. Um, he said, I am grateful for Shinto, for Buddhism, and for Confucian- Confucianism. I owe much to these faiths, yet these three faiths utterly fail to minister to my heart's deepest needs. I was a pilgrim journeying upon a long road that had no turning. I was weary. I was foot sore. I wandered through a dark and dismal world where tragedies were thick. Buddhism teaches compassion. But since the beginning of time, who has declared, this is my blood which is poured out for many unto the remissions of sins? Islam, of course, proclaims the mercy of God. Each chapter of the Quran is introduced by the words, in the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. But they do not tell of a costly and historic display God's mercy is portrayed by the cross and spoken of in each gospel. In Islam, Allah is merciful to the meritorious, those who merit favor. In in Christianity, God is merciful to sinners, not because of their good works, but because of Christ's sacrifice for them on the cross. That was Toyohiko Kagawa. In other words, no one's ever made a claim like Jesus before. Uh, They never said, I'm giving up my life for you, And, and maybe Jesus was right, and maybe Jesus was wrong, but uh, he is not the same as, as everyone else. Either he is not the son of God, and if he isn't the son of God, then he is worse than the leaders of the other religions because they, they had the humility not to make those claims. But Jesus made that claim that he was the son of God. So uh, either he is not the son of God and he's inferior inferior to the, uh, the other religious leaders, or he is the son of God. Um, and if uh, I mean, and so for us to say that Jesus is the way um, is an implication. It's not an arrogation. Like, arrogation, what kind of word is that? I couldn't think of another word to say arrogant with implication besides arrogation. So, um, we're not trying to boast, like, Jesus is best, we're better than you. Uh, but it's an implication based on what Jesus himself, who he said he was. Is that... So, I mean, he said, this is my blood which is poured out for you. Who does that? Like, if I came up to you, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy talk. So if it's true, Jesus is the way. If it's not true, he's no way at all. There is, there is no way for him to go. And uh, so the one thing you can't say to me is you can believe in Jesus, but only if you believe he is the same as everyone else. Because uh, our claim is not arrogant. It's a, a conclusion. And so... Um, so people will say it's arrogant, but they'll also say it's exclusive. Like to say that Jesus uh, is the only way is, it's very exclusive. I mean, we've got a. After all, we have a, a big world out there, lots of lots of religions, um, there's religious people, secular people, and and when you say your religion is the only religion, religion, uh, you're never going to have a peaceful pluralistic society. You've got to say all religions are equally valid, and this is the. I feel like the assumption of uh, what you'll find in the media, uh, most news uh, pundits, what you'll find in the academy, what you'll find in the arts. um, You you just can't make, um, I mean, your faith is a private thing, they'll say. It's a subjective thing. It's good for you. Um, And even uh, Oprah, as awesome as Oprah is and the good things that she's done, she says, one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing there is only one way. There are many paths to what you call God. What does it matter how we all get there? And so, uh, there can't be just one way to think about God. God is too big. He's too big for any of us to, to know. Uh, maybe you might have a little bit of the truth. Um, but here's the problem with the problem of truth claims. That they're logically wrong and hypocritical. Now, just give me a moment. That sounds brash uh, to say that to have a problem with truth claims, claims is is, is illogical and hypocritical. But logically, how can all religions be equally valid? Like how, there's only two possibilities. One is that uh, there is no God. Like if there is no God and we're all just kind of worshiping a a projection uh, from our minds of some sort, then okay. Then there, or the God is so impersonal uh, that the God doesn't care what you believe in. So to say that that all religions are are basically the same is to say that either there is no God or he's so impersonal he really doesn't care what you believe. Um, And then uh, to say that, uh, I mean, if you come to a a Christian and you say you you shouldn't believe you have the one true religion because all religions are the way to God, uh, all religions are equally valid and helpful. What is that? That is a particular view of God, is it not? You're actually, you're actually saying you must adopt my view of God. Now wait just a minute. You have just told me that I can't believe that there is one way to God. I have to believe that there are many ways to God and I have to change. You want to evangelize me to your position that all ways to God are equally valid. Does that make sense? So uh, the person who says all, all paths lead to God is also taking an exclusive view on God. They're just not admitting it. And that's why it's also hypocritical, because we'll say, yes, uh, we are taking exclusive claim, but it's Jesus. Jesus um, is is the way uh, to God. And so, uh, if it's wrong to say there is one true religion, then it's also wrong to say there is one way to think about religion. Let that sink in. If, if there's only... Uh, If it's wrong to say there's one true religion, then it's also narrow and wrong to say there is one way to think about religion. Uh, You're being every bit as narrow, you're just not admitting it. And so, if if I could summarize today, what I want you to take away is that everyone is making universal truth claims. Everyone. Not just Christians who say there's one way to God. The, The person who says there's many ways to God is also making an exclusive truth claim uh, to say no one should make universal truth claims is a universal truth claim. I, are you tracking with me? Like this is to say, that, to say, no one should should say they have the absolute truth is an absolute truth, and so everyone is making truth claims, uh, whether they admit it or not. And so, where does that leave us? If everyone is making ex- exclusive truth claims, how can we live together in peace? How can we? Uh, live in harmony with our neighbor down the street who doesn't believe with us? How can we work together and be civil? And, um, and the way to get there is not by one group of people uh, think, who thinks they're being inclusive by telling everyone that you've got to believe this way. And that's what our culture is telling us. Like We're the ones being inclusive, saying that there's many ways to God. Uh, we're inclusive as, as long as you come and believe what we believe. They're just as exclusive. Um, and so, what's the solution? Uh, I think the, the solution is to find a set of truth claims that will lead us to humble, peace-loving behavior. Like, what truth claims are gonna lead us to be servants of one another? What's, what truth claims are out there that are, are gonna allow us to, to serve one another? And, and so we see that in Acts chapter four, uh, verses nine through 11. So we read, Peter said, if we were being Called to account today for an act of kindness. Salvation is found in no one else. And then in verse 13, it says, when the leaders saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. And so what we need is non-oppressive truth. We need non-oppressive truth. We need moral absolutes that don't turn its followers into oppressors. And in the past, Christians Times in history have been oppressors. I and mean, when we look at history, we, we've got to admit that there have been times when we have taken these, uh, these absolute claims and, and we have uh, just tried to force others to go our, our way. Like that is, but I don't think that's what we find in scripture as a proper uh, response. But uh, we need something that turns us into people who don't look down on other people, people who don't uh, oppress, people who serve and love. And uh, what, what truth is out there that will allow us to do that. And it's my argument today that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 11, we see that Jesus was, has saved us through rejection. Jesus didn't save us by coming and gaining power. Jesus didn't come and, and, and save, save us by saying, everyone has to do what I am saying. Jesus came and he served Jesus came and he was rejected. It says that he was the stone the builders rejected. So he came to the builders, the leaders, and they rejected him. And God then made him the cornerstone. And so uh, the only way that you become a Christian is to give up all pretensions of superiority and to say, I need a Savior. All pretensions that you are morally superior. All pretensions that you have earned God's favor. And that's where I think Christians go wrong sometimes is that we do get pretentious but we say yes with Peter that salvation is found in no one else Uh, but it's an exclusive claim that frees us from the need to be superior anymore and this comes out in verse 13 it says when they saw courage of Peter and John they realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished Uh, and here's what's so astonishing and I mentioned this last week and I'm going to mention again the future because it's central to the gospel of Jesus Christ and and outside of the gospel Everyone's identity is based on relative status. What I mean is we're always comparing ourselves. And some people we feel superior to, and some people we feel inferior to. Um, when I was in high school, I played a little basketball. And I went to a small school. But in the Dallas area, like the coaches would all submit the, the stats. And my senior year, so in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, I could open up... Um, to the sports section the high school sports section and you look at the leaders for points assist rebounds in high school basketball do you know who was number one for assist in all of dallas fort worth matthew culver <laughs> that was pretty awesome now then i went to college and tried to play basketball and i remember we were playing uh, tarleton state it was a d2 school and most guys in basketball are, are taller than I am. Okay, Can we get that. We're with. Are, are faster than I am, and um, and so I, I remember I was on defense on a fast break, and this guy's coming down. And it was like an actual basketball player. He's about six foot five, and uh, so I'm. If this is if this is the rim right here, and he's coming down, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good distance out. Well, just inside the free throw line. Let's right, He takes off, and and not just like this, and then turns sideways like this, and I see him coming. Like this. There was nothing I could, I could do in that moment that would have affected what was about to happen. Posterized, you guys have heard of posterized? In, th- in that moment, it didn't, it didn't matter what the Dallas Morning News said because I was inferior to the young man who was about to posterize me. And, or we'll take, a, take another example. Maybe in the uh, small town that you're from, let's say Hot Coffee, Arkansas. You are the best violinist in the state, and you show up to a big city. You show up to Denver, and you take the light rail down to Union Station. And at Union Station, there's somebody begging, a beggar, who has a violin, and they're kind of haggard looking and um, you know, maybe a bit gaunt, and they pick up that violin, and and that person who's a beggar on the street playing their violin is better than you are, coming, and and we get our status. Like, we think we're pretty good when we compare ourselves to some people. When we compare ourselves to other people, mm, not so good. And and the disciples, something had happened to them because most people, when they stood before the Sanhedrin, the, the religious leaders, would have cowered in fear. They, w- they would have looked down and not known what to say because these were the educated. And But the disciples, they, they were no longer inferior to anybody through Jesus Christ. But they were also no longer superior. I mean, this whole... Story started when they looked at a man who was a beggar. they looked at someone else who no one else would look at. so you have both. they were comfortable around the high and mighty, they were comfortable around those who had nothing because uh, outside of Jesus uh, our, our identity is, is, is wrapped up what well, 's all salvation through works outside of Jesus? You might not call it that, but the way you 're trying to gain approval, the way you 're trying to measure up is, is through is through works and um, so, but these apostles, their, their self-esteem is not based on works. And, and so we need a truth in Jesus that it's not an oppressive truth. It's a truth that frees us to not have to be superior. Like, if you want to be better than me, all right. That's fine. Um, but we, we do so much uh, comparison these days. And in our society, it's, it's all about pedigree. Like, who who you uh, are smarter than, who you have more money than. Like, even, even good things. Like, who... Um, Like, I am more concerned about injustice than you can become something. I am more uh, woke than you. Uh, Like, all these things that we use to uh, stop it. Stop it. Because at the center of our claims in Christianity is a man who died for our sins. is a man who died... For you, and so that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And I just want to leave you with this last uh, thing. And if Najee, if you'll come back, um, the gospel is an exclusive truth, but it's the most inclusive, exclusive truth in the world. The gospel is exclusive, but it's the most inclusive, exclusive truth in the world. And when someone says, "I believe," all paths lead to God, as long as you're a good person. Uh, you should ask them, like, what about us bad people? Like, to, to say that all, like, as long as you're good is the most exclusive thing that you can say. Because in Christianity, we have a God who says, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you've been a prostitute for 20 years. It doesn't matter if you've been a, a, a crooked politician. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All are welcome to come to Jesus and have a place at the table. And this morning, as I conclude, I don't... Um, Know where everybody is and, and their beliefs and if uh, but Jesus is inviting you to put your faith in-